Welcome to Real Life Fiction. I'm Matt James with Conundrum Publishing, international best-selling author of the Jack Riley Adventure Series. And today, I'll be talking to author R.F. Blackstone. Rich, how's it going? Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I swear we just got started. Yes, yes. There's been no long preamble at all. <laughs> I knew that was <laughs> For those who are wondering why we're laughing, uh, him and I have actually been on camera for like half an hour. We just weren't recording. We were just BSing. And here we yeah. are. We actually have to record this eventually. So, <laughs> Well, see, this is, this is the little known fact that the regular people don't know about authors. You get two authors together who have a specific task, for example, record an interview. Mm -hmm. The first 30 minutes is just catch up and all the regular BS. And then one of them goes, oh, hang on, we're supposed to be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and the biggest issue is, is you and I have so much in common that it's so easy to get lost in conversation. Um, yes. So it, it, not a shock, not a shock. Well, no. So we should probably give a, uh, you know, warning to the viewers. This could be a rambling episode. <laughs> no, uh, will capital capital W I L L. I mean, this will be a rambling episode. I mean, that's beautiful, <laughs> but that's kind of the whole point of real life fiction is I want to know what you are as the writer in real life. This isn't just, Hey, tell me about your recent release or tell me about this. I'm like, I want to know what's going on with you as the writer in and outside of the craft and like what drives you as rf blackstone like what is the purpose like why are you doing this and it's obviously besides your enjoyment because if you're doing this and you don't enjoy it it's 100 masochism because this is super super painful if you don't like doing it <laughs> it's sometimes painful when you love it so <laughs> Well, you know, they always say you hurt the one you love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just don't love yourself. And in answer to the question, <laughs> in answer to the question about, you know, what is RF Blackstone? Why does RF Blackstone? It's very easy. It's 42. <laughs> I'm a couple of years behind you, but I, I I get that. No, 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 no. Those are for the uh, Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Trust, trust me. I'm not even close. I'm not in my 40s. I'm... <laughs> Not I there know. yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm approaching. I'm uh, I'm 38, so I'll be there soon. Ah, uh -huh. You're older than me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I knew that. I knew. I remember the, the, the last time we talked. Uh, I was on a a, a a show that you were you were doing, and um, yep, uh, you were like five thousand miles east of where you are now, or whatever it is. Yes, yes, it's uh, literally <laughs> the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's what people. I mean, he doesn't just have this amazing accent because he's like pretentious. Uh, <laughs> Rich is an Aussie. He is. He is in Australia. I am in South Florida. There is a fourteen-hour time zone difference right now. Yep. I am currently at nine thirty-seven a.m. and you are currently at eleven thirty-seven p.m. Yes, and. This is, <laughs> this, but this this is what this is the great thing about what we do. You know, even though yeah. it's the outside yeah. of the world, the time zones, we can still. Yep, doesn't matter because you know we've done we've both done the late night writing sessions uh, into the wee hours where we're like, 
Bukowski and Hemingway, they had nothing on me. I'm the master. And then yeah. we crash, read the stuff and go, oh, hell. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like, how did Word not catch all of these mistakes? I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is horrific. I'm like, well, then I realize I'm like, okay, the grammar's ter terrible, but all the words are spelled correctly. So maybe it was just like confused. And it was like... <laughs> I'm, I'm positive that word is preannual is always confused. doesn't yeah. matter how, how well the edit is. It's always going to go, no, mm. no, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's probably picking up on too much like current uh, jargon and going, who am I to say that this person is a horrible speaker or has, who am I to say it's like no you're supposed to say that that's your job ah uh, but see that's the thing word is afraid that you're going to delete it yeah that's true yeah and I'll and I I'll be a word guy forever I'm never switching over the program's just too damn easy to use I'm just like once you get once you get to know it once you woo it yeah. then it's easy before yeah. you woo word it's a <laughs> yeah i've been using it like my entire adult life so i mean i've been using it since high school so i mean it's i mean you it's gotten it's gotten yeah it's gotten denser it's gotten you know it's gotten more complicated more features but it's it it's like the the, the base of it is still very much the same so yeah. for me it's just kind of like like i know a lot of my friends use scribner and it's like the bee's knees when it comes to like uh fiction writing and stuff or just book writing in general um I've never used it, so I couldn't expound on that more or expand on that more. So I'm just like, I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, see, I, I use both. I go, I do all the writing in Scrivener and then I do all the editing in Word. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and that's yeah. just because, you know, with Scrivener, every, I break everything out into chapters the way yeah. with Scrivener works. And then I export everything. And for some reason, editing one chapter at a time in Scrivener, it, I don't get a flow. I don't get gotcha. the flow in the rhythm of the book. Doing it in Word, though, it's just all the way down, and it's just I can sit, I can easily, more easily, easier, easily. Okay, where's Word to tell me my grammar is wrong? Um, <laughs> it's not like we do like words or anything for a living. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah, my family and my friends make fun of me when I have those sort of moments. I just say, "Hey, on the page, I've got to be perfect." When it's talking who cares <laughs> oh no yeah i'm like if i could speak half as well as i can write i i would i would be a public speaker yeah. you know I, I i tell people like like multi, like bilingual this like i speak one language and it's bad english no 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 like, you speak it, you speak like two you speak two you speak bad english and matt <laughs> yeah yeah I, I we are a product of our surroundings and south florida it's there's the influences that are global down here. And when you're here your entire life, you pick up on everything. So it's like, you know, parents from, from suburban Michigan, uh, you know, so I got a lot of that Midwestern in me. I'm a Southerner. Technically Florida is kind of the South, um, on a map, it's the South. It's not the South. Um, but I, I identify as a Southerner. So, uh, but there's a lot of the, the Northeast influence, you know, the New York, Boston influence. You have a lot of the obvious Latin influence. So it's like, when I'm here, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just kind of like, I'm a South Floridian. I, I don't really have oh, like. Oh, come on. Be proud. You're a mutt. <laughs> I am a mutt. Oh my gosh. I'm a mutt. I'm a mutt. Hey, 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 everyone loves a mutt. Everyone yeah. loves a mutt. You know, I got one sleeping eight feet from me. So yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, nothing to be ashamed oh, of. Okay, no, be proud. Be of. Yeah. So, um, like we said, the riffing is real. The yeah. riffing is real. 
Um, Unscripted. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know who Mr. Blackstone is, Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself to just kind of help uh, the viewer through on who you are, you know, uh, your writing, your background a little bit. Um, just give us a little bit of a short kind of profile of, of who you are. Well, I, I'm RF Blackstone. I, as you said, I'm an Australian. Um, I do not like walks on the beach and I hate getting caught in the rain. Um, never had a pina colada, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but you've lived in Mexico for like five years. Yeah, but, but there I was drinking tequila. I was drinking mojitos. I was drinking a yeah. lot of really good cheap cerveza, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, 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 that's the thing. It's, you know, I was offered a no. It was daiquiris. I I I had the chance to have more daiquiris than pina coladas. So, um, okay. Can't so, yeah. And, Anyways, <laughs> continue. <yeah. laughs> um, I've been a published author since 2018. Um, I specialize in let's say creature features <laughs> more than more than I anything do. else. Um, and. Yeah. Um, most of my books have been out with Severed Press, which is yep. actually how we met. I've, yep. I actually spent the past five, oh, yeah, let's say five years living in Mexico. And that's where I actually started writing. Before that, when I was living in Australia, I was actually trying to break into Hollywood. I was actually writing scripts. I went to film school. <laughs> Ooh, an educated man. Oh, yes, yes. Look at, me, look at me now. I was about to say. I wasn't going to say anything, but, you know. No, no, no. Trust, tr trust me. The things I've said to myself, the things I've thought, and things my dad has said to me, trust me, he wouldn't say anything I've not heard before. Uh, now, oh, my God. This, for all the kids watching this, that's right. If you go to film school, you can end up writing books instead. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, uh, I don't re I don't regret it because going from writing movies and everything, um, trying to break into that world and then moving to Mexico where I realized, yeah, that's never going to happen because of the language barrier. And when I moved to Mexico, my Spanish was basically, si, no, gracias. That was it. Mm, yep. And I wasn't sure if I was ever going to come back to Australia or move to a different country. So... I had, you know, all these unproduced scripts, um, over a thousand rejections. And it was that sort of thing of, okay, what can I do? And, you know, some of my friends said, well, you could self-publish them. I said, as scripts? They go, no, 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 no. You idiot, take it, write it as a proper book, yep. get a cover, and you can put it on Amazon and people will buy it. And I'm like, yeah, I learned that. And I'm like, wait what you can like <laughs> you know and it's like all right cool so yeah i mean i did the self-pub thing for years and um i mean I'm, I'm still you know always thinking about going back to it but i just it's a lot of work <laughs> well see that's the thing i i, I was originally going to do the self-publish and my fiance at the time said to me try to get it published first try to get it published and if it, you can't get it published with a publisher, then do the self-publish. And I was like, why not? Yeah. And the, and what I wrote, um, 
you know, the title didn't change. It's Big Smoke. Um, you know, it was a spy book set in Cuba, heavily influenced. At least I tried. I thought it would be James Bond and the Third Man, which is okay. you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. And I wrote it, tried to edit it, and I sent it to. So I did the you know research and all this. It was very haphazard. My entire you know, because because I, I hadn't really researched anything. It was very sh shoddy. Everything, sure, sure, like, sure. You know, looking at publishers and all that. And I sent it to some publishers, and I got back a bunch of you know more rejections, except for one. One said no, but then said it's missing something, which I kind of went, oh, okay, it's missing something. <laughs> Reread it and realized, yeah, it is missing something. And at the time, I was listening to the Dead Robots Society podcast. Um which is hosted by Paul Cooley oh, okay. and yeah, I know Paul. Terry Mixon. Okay. And the, and they, you know, every now and then Paul would mention a publisher called Severed Press and he had Jake Bible on one show. And yep. you know, another severed the, author. Yep. Uh -huh. First time I've ever heard of Jake Bible as well. And I'm like, okay, this guy, who, you know, what the hell? And I looked up Jake Bible. I'm just like, how many books this guy's got out? <laughs> yeah, he's he is the definition of prolific. I mean, Jake yeah. is insane. And, you know, I then checked out Severed Press and I'm looking at the Severed Press website, looking at the books and just going, oh, yeah, this is my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep, yep, yep. Know, Sometimes to a fault, uh, there, there's a lot <laughs> of creature stuff that Severed yes. uh, publishes. And, hey, you know, more power to them. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, there's got to be a publisher out there that is willing to do it because there's an audience for it. Well, that's it. They've, they've, they've found their niche and, oh, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. I, I can't think of any other publisher, you know, who is focused on creature features to such an extent. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I got the spy book. I'm like, okay, it's missing something. And I don't know what now in Mexico city where I was living, um, they've got the subway system. Now Mexico city has a population of about 23 million people. Mm-hmm which is yeah. about the same as Australia. So just to kind of put that in context. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And on um, the rush hours in the, de in the morning and the afternoon, the rush hour, Mexicans forget that the laws of physics exist. So you've got the subway and they're trying to get everyone into the subway carriages. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to get from the platform up to the top of the, uh, you know, up to the surface level, you've got to go up two, three, basically flights of really steep stairs or escalators kind of thing. Yeah. And during those periods, everyone doesn't matter if you're doing the escalator or the stairs, you're in a line doing the. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I called it the, the zombie shuffle. That's yeah. in my head. It was always the zombie shuffle, you know? And one day I'm there doing the zombie little, shuffle. I'm like the little wobble bobble back and forth uh -huh. with the little feet. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. And you know, basically at the end of the day, you just, uh, you're a zombie yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> and it just i went hmm, james bond against zombies went home figured out how to include zombies in my spy book wrote it you know added all that did a bit more of an edit i went right i'm sending the servant press see what they say and they said yes cool Which, <laughs> yeah that no. that really surprised the hell out of me <laughs> that yeah. they would say yes so what I, what i got out of that entire thing was if you <laughs> don't like large crowds avoid mexico city during business travel 
basically um from about <laughs> 6 30 a.m to um about 8 a.m yeah don't leave your house and then from about 4 p.m to about 7 p.m don't leave your house don't leave your house or don't leave your work or don't take the subway <laughs> <laughs> no that's um, great i mean it's amazing it's amazing how in this case rejection um kind of spurred like what else like if you're taking that person's uh opinion of the work seriously number one yeah and in this case you were because it was a publisher um you're going what am i missing like what is what is like it starts to kind of get those juices flowing again trying to understand what you need to add and in this case you which was beautiful that you brought in something literally from your own life to add into it and then obviously fictionalized it you know unless there are zombies in mexico city that i don't know about but um well not in mexico city but in um a city called guanajuato which is a it's a colonial town it's basically a spanish colonial town they actually okay. have mummies there yeah cool and and, and uh you say cool okay not cool I, I so you hear mummies and instantly you start thinking egyptian bandages yeah. that yeah. and i i get told about the mummies i'm like oh okay i want to see them and i'm thinking aztec mummies i'm thinking you know it's going to be the aztecs yeah. floral headdresses jaguars all that with the bandages we go i get taken there and you know you walk in you pay your money go in pitch black no preamble nothing you're around the corner and there it is right here and it's just a mummified body it's a regular human body gaunt pale ashen and the face is contorted like into a perpetual yeah. death scream if you're not prepared for that at all and they don't give you preparation you turn around and you go geez that's probably what they're going for <laughs> and, and, and basically these are all like the entire museum these mummies are from the fifth uh was it 1600 1700s and 1800s and they've just been oh, wow. naturally mummified because Wanawato is built on a mine is all mines oh okay and i'm like okay and it's creeping me out so much my you know fiance she's thinking this is the funniest shit ever <laughs> she thinks it's hilarious that you know creature feature horror slash horror writer kind of guy yeah, is yeah. getting freaked out by this and mexico mexicans have a really strange relationship with death you know yeah. and we're going around and you know there's men there's women there's pregnant women there's fat women all this sort of stuff some of just skeletons some you can see wisps of hair it was just and they're all in these glass yeah containers and there are mirrors throughout the place that are all smashed as well these mirrors are cracked and i asked her what what's with the cracked mirror she's go oh at night they come out to, and they're angry so they break them don't tell oh, that to a terrifying. You don't, you don't tell that to a to a guy with an overactive imagination. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare that's... fuel. And yeah, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I had a camera because I was I was like, yeah, I'm going to take photos of this because I'm thinking bandages. I'm thinking that sort of mummy. And you know, she when she realized I wasn't taking any photos, she took the camera. She's taking photos, and then I get used to it. I get accustomed i'm fine and then i hear her saying doing she's bent bent over one of the bodies going no offense i'm not trying to do anything bad i'm just taking a photo of you i'm thinking don't talk to it please no don't, don't, talk don't, to don't develop a relationship with this thing 
It's like naming a stray. It's like, no, you no, you can't do that. Yes, especially to a that's how I have a cat. <laughs> the I cat adopted cat you. Named, I have a black cat named Jack Skellington because we <sighs> found him in my mother-in-law's front yard the week of Halloween. It's a great name. Yeah, I mean he's Jack, but we named him Jack Skellington yeah. itch because of when we found him and he's black. And I'm like, you named him. It's like, no, you can name him. But he he's he's great. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, no, you can't name the stray, especially my girls. You can't name the stray and then be like, oh, you got, no. now we have a cat. Better yeah. than a mummy. Uh, depends on how much well, you like cats. True, true. Well, so I, I, I've lived uh, in Mexico. I lived with two cats uh, and, you know, I've, I've had dogs in Australia. I, I prefer dogs. Fact. If a mummy comes to life, they are terrified of cats. Ah, only Egyptians. I ha- only Egyptians. And I've learned that from Brendan Fraser. Well, yeah. You've, you know, all life's lessons come from Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. 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 I, I learned about Egyptian history through Brendan Fraser. And, oh, and school and research <laughs> and, but mostly Brendan Fraser. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, you know, the school and the research, it was like this much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Tell the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if I meet somebody named Emotep, I actively avoid them. No, in that case, I'd be just, you know, looking for the cat. <laughs> it's true. What does he say? I'd rather be at the devil's right hand than in his path. That's what go. my buddy Benny said i have seen that movie way too uh, many times but no you've not no no, no. you can there, there's no such thing as seeing the mummy no. 99 too many times no there's honestly not no nah. i so i did a um I, i'm guessing you saw it because it actually got a lot of response just out of the blue my top five greatest movies of all time on facebook and it's 100 yes. based on my opinion uh, rewatchability, yep. the meaning of the movie to me as now a writer, like that type of mm-hmm. stuff. And it was the, the, the first two were the easiest because the first two were legitimately my favorite movies since the day I've seen them. And they were Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Fifth Element. And oh, and I'm not a space is. opera, but nah. the action and adventure backbone of that story, the cast is just drop dead perfect. And then I said, okay, those are the first two and there are two with a bullet. And I'm like, the next three is going to be difficult because I consider myself a movie buff fanatic type of thing. And I have a lot of my own opinions and those, my own opinions are what drive my love to these movies. If I really love it, then I really love it. There's a lot of movies that I'm okay with, but like I knew mummy 99 was going to be in there. And that was like, okay, that's easy. And then I'm like, Okay, now I'm down to two. And I'm like, uh-oh. But I'm like, what movies were like, like, they meant more than others. And yeah. I'm like, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, I was, what was that, 95? That was 93. 93. Okay, so I was nine when it came out. Um, and I saw it in theaters opening weekend and made it... Ooh. I made it into the clever girl scene and then we left. That's, that's a good, that's actually a good amount to get through for because you know. dinosaurs started killing people mm. and I'm nine and I'm a boy. What are you in love with when you're nine and a boy? 
Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. You adore those creatures. It's just the natural way of things. Oh, yeah. And when I see the warden get slaughtered by a raptor, I freaking lost it. And, of course, see the movie later and adore it. But I'm like, the impact (laughs) that movie had on me, there's always a story behind it. And then the fifth movie for me was True Lies. Because I just thought, in the era of action movies, when they were at the peak, to me... The story, the cast, again, Tom Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the banter between the two of them. Yes. You know, you had such a great cast. And I'm just like, the writing was great. The action was unbelievably nuts. But it was that spy thriller. But it was the love story. But it was the comedy. But it was the action, like nuts action. I'm like, that movie. And then right when you think the movie is over and they just and they in Miami in the key or in the keys and, you know, the, the explosion yeah the dude gets in a harrier jet and flies it to downtown miami and then there's a whole nother nut sequence i'm like this is it this is the greatest action movie of that era i'm like i'm sorry like every movie i've seen i'm like i'm like so i did that and then i realized you know when when you when you really try to pack it in like that and you're like man i really got to make these decisions like i've done it with like music with like my brother and my brother-in-law where we've gone through what are our favorite albums what are this like i Mm -hmm. I really like to see like the struggle (laughs) it's like (laughs) but honestly and back to the mummy that that was like it wasn't really surprising but i think it was kind of surprising that i was so comfortable with it being like my number three favorite movie i'd ever seen um because i do i adore that movie and it's like it meant so much to me that i named my first book uh blood and sand that i wrote after uh my whole damn garrison marched through the desert because they believed in this so much and all we found was sand blood blood, yeah whatever that line (laughs) is like i named my book blood and sand uh and you know it's like that character in the Hank Boyd character in that series was very much based on the Rick O'Connell character. A lot of Indian, I'm like, you know, we all use, but um, I was just like, you know, blown away. Uh, and then back to now with the, uh, they released it in UHD on prime and I immediately bought it because I don't really have DVDs anymore. And I'm like, man, I don't have a digital copy of this book. I just, re- or this movie, I just realized that. And I'm like, I haven't watched this in a bit. Let me watch. And then of course I've watched it like three times in the last couple of weeks. And, here we are talking to you about the rabbit hole that was created by Mummy 99. Oh, look, man. Technically, the rabbit hole was created by Mexican mummies. Well, yeah, it was Mexican mummies. Yeah. Just finished that story. So sure. I get used to everything. I get used to the mummies, and I get used to her taking photos. I get used to the cracked mirrors. I get used to everything. I round a corner, and there it is. And it's a short squat case filled with baby mummies. Oh, my God. And uh, that was that was when I was. I'm out. That's done. It. Yep, I'm gonna go get drunk now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care what it is. I need something. And I'm I not joking. That, that was uh, 2015. That was in 2015. I I said no. Nah, I'm not 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 the babies. I can handle adults, but not the babies. And I just walked out. She follows me like, oh come on, you're from Australia. Everything's trying to kill you. And I'm so. Those things are alive. <laughs> Yeah, and it's mostly like animals. <laughs> it's yeah. mostly like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, it's not itty bitty domesticated. Uh, that's the definition skin. of nightmare fuel. It doesn't yeah. get worse than that. My, that's awful. Yeah, and I and I said to her, I just said to her, right, that's it. You know, done. We're going to a bar. I'm getting drunk. I'm gonna pass out. 
we're going to have a do-over. <laughs> and, the, and the messed up thing, I woke up the next morning and I went, well, if I ever get the chance to write a sequel to Big Smoke, I'm going to have it set in here. <laughs> I'm going to set it in Guanajuato. And there are going to be mummy, and there will be not mummies, but there'll be zombies coming out because you can go through the old mining tunnels, which have turned yeah. into roads under the city. And apparently, there are dead bodies buried in the walls. I'm like, right, that's it. I got a couple of sequences, and my the joys of being an author, something that yeah. I found to be quite horrific. I'm like, I can turn that into a fun action scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, we were driving across. Uh, the state here uh, a few years back and I think it was outside of an area called Plant City and they do like a strawberry festival every year it's kind of like a big deal there's like it's it's massive okay. and yeah okay and no no it, it, so it's just that area for people watching or listening um, I'm pretty sure it's right outside Plant City um, so you have we, we drove through uh, the city ish and then on the outskirts is like an old school turn of the century, in this case, 1900s cemetery. You know, it's like that Ooh. old school cemetery with, you know, it's just like super spooky looking. Yeah. Uh, the road dips. Cemetery does not. Oh. <laughs> so you are driving and then you do this and you're going. And you're like, the caskets are right there. <laughs> behind that wall like the retaining wall and i'm like i'm i'm like picturing it i'm going we are about six feet below the ground right now with the way the road is built on both sides of us i'm surrounded by the dead and this is like normal here because it, it, and it, it wasn't like and i had other people in the car and my wife's i'm driving and my wife's just like she goes you see you see this right i'm like yeah i'm like it's right there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you couldn't see anything. I mean, there was a big wall, you know, it was a big concrete wall, but you're, but you're, you know you're driving going, why do I feel so uncomfortable right now? And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and then you come right back up and the city appears again. I'm like, yep. why does the road have to dip in the middle of the cemetery and not anywhere else? Like what is happening? But I guess the way the drainage is, is it like drains and then goes under the cemetery. So like it's, it, funnels into the road like and there's like i guess because it's like all it's really low around there so i guess that's just the way it drains but i'm like okay uh do we have to take the spooky road back home <laughs> we didn't we didn't we we, we 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 came down the west coast of florida instead of going across the state i'm, like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing that again i'm like we could have i mean it was no big deal but i'm like yeah no if i we're good oh come on you know how you could have done it blindfolded and everyone's just telling you a little bit to the left a little bit to the you're right you're drifting you're, dr you're drifting <laughs> casket casket <laughs> come home with a casket on the top like it's a christmas tree <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> oh come on you break Heaven's too family. hard and you break too hard and great 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 grandma goes flying <laughs> oh you're gonna just we're auditioning for the adams family um... <laughs> beverly hillbillies <laughs> Uh, it's all I can think of is there in the rocking chair, but it's a corpse. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's one of your mummies. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, well, what were we talking okay. about? <laughs> I have no idea. I was talking about Mummy 99, and you're talking about Mummy well, Babies, I, and then I, it, I think it I, broke I, into I, this. I think I'm supposed uh, to. I was, I was supposed to give a rundown of who I am and what I've done. <laughs> I think we're we're beyond that. I think yeah, we, we all are. know. I'm we an author. Know. I write creature features, <laughs> and there we go. I'm yeah, but you also. So th this is this is just knowing you, but you have such an affinity for history, and like the archaeological thrillers and stuff like that. You love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but um, you're like so creature feature oriented, and I'm. I, we've talked, and you're like, I really want to do both. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, one of my seven seven books that came out beginning of the year. It's called The Wild Hunt. It's actually my first proper attempt at doing a treasure hunt story. Sure. Um, and basically, it's um, my main character, um, Scarlet Ravenwood. That's her name. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Original. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Marion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, we do it. She, we um, all do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. what's that quote? You know, steal from the best. <laughs> yeah, or pay homage to the best too. You know, there you go. Yep. Yeah, see that, but that then goes into the other one, which is you know, you're not stealing if you respect it. Okay, you're so just I gotta paying homage respect, to it. I gotta start respecting homage. everything then. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta start respecting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna start respecting America Bank. Hmm. And PNC, and I got to start respecting banks and money, and then maybe no, no. Now that, there's, a, there's there's an interesting idea, but anyway, um, so my main the main character Scarlet, she's you know basically the way she she's a bookworm. She's never experienced life; everything's through a book, and she gets caught up in this adventure. Um, she's basically kidnapped by a crew of a small boat that runs deliveries around the um, Caribbean. And she's basically, not basically, she is kidnapped and she's told, we need your help to locate a missing sunken U-boat from World War II. Cool. And the there's a treasure on there, you know, proper MacGuffin. Um, and it's called The Wild Hunt. It's a painting that was supposedly done by Hitler himself. And okay. in it, it includes basically a how-to on, on basically to resurrect the Reich. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, so they've got to find the U-boat and of course you've got your competition, which is a band of neo-Nazis because <laughs> who else is going to go looking for it? No. And a proper enemy in a thriller, like treasure hunt, archeological stuff. Yeah. 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 And I've, everyone I've, I've used them a few times. Believe me. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, I'm, I love it. <laughs> they're easy. They're easy fodder. You know, yeah. if you want someone yeah. who people instantly want to see suffer and fail make it a nazi or neo nazis yeah which um, is kind of good and bad because my main international publisher is german yeah but you know i know it's like i always think about that and i'm like i have such a great relationship with in this case lucifer verlog and uh michael schubert who is their creative director like i have such a great relationship with those guys and and, and michael in general um and i'm like i'm like the very first book not the very first book, but the, the book in the very first book in my Jack Riley series is is the bad guys are modern day Nazi group. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> but, you know, like Americans, everybody's got history in their past that they're it, well, it's a yeah. part of history. It's a part of history. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, 
and I mean, you can't hold it against them. No, now. no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, with the wild hunt, I, I had this, you know, that's basically it. It's a treasure hunt story. And, and I had this thing where I went, okay, I'm not sure if severed press is going to take it. So I threw in a sea monster. Yep. 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 But because it's all set in the Caribbean, I actually picked a proper Caribbean sea monster. Good. Um, and I can't remember what it's called, but basically it's a shark to puss. <laughs> sorry, I didn't, head, you, I, didn't, I didn't expect you to say that. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at I'm not laughing <laughs> I'm not, at the idea. I'm laughing at the description. <laughs> no one ever expects a shark to puss. <laughs> no, they don't. No. They they That's Octo shark maybe, but shark to puss, no. Well, that's the thing. Doing the research, yeah. you know, because like I had to research U boats. I had to research actual U boats that sunk yeah. mysteriously. Yeah. And I and I found one that that you know that it was like okay, supposedly it sunk off the coast of the U.S. somewhere. I'm like, okay, what if it actually sunk in the Caribbean? Okay, what's that U boat? Okay, now research the U boat. Research everyone who was on board. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now I come up with the idea for the painting. Okay, what's the painting going to be? It's called the Wild Hunt. Okay, that mythology's right there, because that's you know the Wild Hunt's been around in different, mainly in Germanic mythology. Okay, and it's one of those things. Basically, the oh, Wild so the Hunt, painting, the painting is of something from Germanic history. The painting is called the, the Wild Hunt, and it actually is, it's depicting a Wild Hunt and the Wild Hunt. Okay, yeah, gotcha. and the Wild gotcha. Hunt basically supernatural hunting event. And okay. if you are a mortal and you see it, it means something really, really bad is going <sighs> to happen. <laughs> what the hell, man? That's brilliant. <laughs> Dude. Uh, everybody, awesome. this is Jack. Hi, Jack. <laughs> this is the second it. time you've been on camera. <laughs> Oh, he, uh, he loves the camera. Oh, he's he's beautiful. Yeah, he's he's something else. I'll tell you that. I'll just leave it <laughs> at that. He's he's he is a there's there's cats, and then there's black cats. Yep, <laughs> and he's a black cat. And black cats, if there's stories on Instagram on every media thing that are literally just about the weirdness of black cats, it's hilarious. And every single one of them is him. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, they're adorable when they want to be. They're not when they don't want to be. They're aloof when they want to be. They're like this when they want to be. Then I go to pet him. He's like, to hell with you. And he gets away. I'm like, well, why'd you come up here then? Like, I want to pet the kitty. Like, I have pets because I like to like pet them and snuggle and so, love. And, and I'm, but he's, he's a tease. He's a tease. So do you have those moments where you chasing him around the house going let me love you <laughs> oh yeah the problem is so does my 70 pound pit bull and uh <laughs> he is got... the biggest lover of them all the problem is he's 70 pounds and he's and and he's got like one and a half percent body fat and he's freaking a <laughs> monster but he's he's a lovey-dovey he's the sweetest dog in the world but the cat does not think so but that, that's the thing it's amazing um, the, the you know, like in Mexico, you see a lot of small dogs, chihuahuas. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of small dogs, and they're they're bastards. Oh, I hate <laughs> angriest, yeah. yeah, angriest, aggroest things in the world. Napoleon complex, right? It's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. You used to have a Rottweiler, big dog. Yeah, intimidating dog. 
sits there and you're like, I'm not going to mess with him. You say his name is bad. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a big goof. Yeah. You know, I come back to Mexico and, you know, mum and dad and my brother, they've got a Italian Mastiff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big dog. And yeah. this thing, it's, you know, he's a Wally. <laughs> yeah. They're too, the bigger they get, the more like, whatever. They just like, oh, no. they're just, they're, they're, they just exist to exist at this point. They're not like, they're just, they're like, eh, that's a lot of work to chase oh, that no. thing. No, this guy, this, this no. one, his name, Titus is not like that. He is, he, he's 24 seven. He want he's a social animal. He, so he wants to be with you. If you're doing something, he's like, hmm, what are you doing? Oh, can yeah. I come? You know, I, I getting ready for this. I'm, I sat here and I had the door shut. He pushed the door open, came in, hopped up next to me, and he was just like staring at my laptop. He's like, "What's this?" And then he saw the microphone. He's like, oh, "This is interesting. This is this is new. That yeah. looks like something I can fit in my mouth and chew and just yeah. Oh yeah, and everything's a game with this dog. That's the thing. The, you know, yeah. this dog. You know, rare rare breed in Australia, and this thing is just yeah. Everything's a game. And he's just so enthusiastic for everything. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, which, I get is, it. Yeah, big I dogs. Are, yeah, big dogs are like that, and the little dogs, yeah. as you said, Napoleon complex. But yeah, they're <laughs> going back. That's the thing we've we've doing the wild hunt. The research was amazing. Having to research Nazi U-boats and not just names, but also the armaments, how it's set out. Sure. You know, what's the interior like? All that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff I, I kind of found out. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, never went into the book. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, I mean, that, that's that's what stinks is uh, there's so much that you want to include, but you get to us, even if you're like, uh, like we, we were talking off camera, like when you're more than willing to add a little fat to the novel in order to just add in a little bit of like the rich culture that that area yeah. has you get to a certain point to where you're like, okay, when was the last time I actually mentioned the story? And you're well, like, you have to kind of like balance them out. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I had all this great information about the wild hunt, the idea of the wild hunt and what it means. And, you know, I, I had this really vivid idea of what the painting is going to look like. And I put it in the book, put it all in. And then I'm doing my edits, my read through before I send it. And I'll get to this point. I'm just like, right. It just killed the momentum. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't no. want to get rid of it. But. But. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where for a severed press book, you've got to keep that momentum going. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. And, you know, I got no problem with that because I always like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is like a Stephen Summers movie. So it's, you know, that one, I for me, it was Deep Rising. Mm -hmm. Deep Rising was great. Yeah, that was, great. You know, that was that was that was the sound. I I I, uh, got, I was able to get a copy Crete of Crete Williams, right? Yes, Crete Williams. Yeah, Un underappreciated actor. Yeah, yeah, underappreciated movie. To be honest, I mean, yeah. that was that was super super original. Like that was like one of the more original creature feature movies of the time. Where you're like, and the way they did the scientific explanation with yes. as things get deeper, they get bigger, and it's like in this case, and I can't remember what the actual creature was called. It was something. It's based um, on a it's based on a real thing. And, oh yeah, you know, it's like a deep you know, sea worm or deep sea. Yeah, something light, like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, that, yeah, great movie. Oh yeah, it, movie. it basically while planning the wild hunt and everything, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it, and I I did watch it quite a lot just because I you know I watched it. I just I haven't seen this movie in 
years. So How'd put it, hold it on. Up? Oh, it still holds up. And it, it's it one still of those holds things. Up? Oh, it still holds up now. Okay. Some of the special effects are janky, but yeah. Treat Williams, he he's just he makes the movie. Yeah. You know, it's got Benny from The Mummy, he's in it, and yeah. you know, he's just the com- comedy foil. It's got yeah. Famke Jensen, you know, it's just one of the things all the actors. What's that sound? A girl from Ipanema. <laughs> The elevator song that's playing in the background that's yes. one of them like that's that's the highlight like humor like yeah well actually for me the highlight is of humor is um when they first get to the boat that they're going the the cruise ship yeah, the, yeah. um you know they go up on these repelling you know like batman kind of grappling guns yeah, yeah. And they go up and he says to treat williams he goes that was fun well it was <laughs> <laughs> it, it holds up and and you know i watched it I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this and I'm just going to, you know, watch it. And it looked cool. And I just, I'm just, no, that didn't happen. I, I'm there grinning yeah. like an idiot throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And that was the movie Stephen Sommers did before The Mummy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking time frame. Yeah. That would have it, been. Yeah. It was, it was the movie he made directly before doing The Mummy. And I'm like, okay. So a lot of the things he did in Deep Rising, he tested it and then he perfected it in the mummy yeah because he was getting the budget for the mummy too he had the production yeah, that's behind a, it yeah. i mean that's the thing that was a big budget movie especially oh, yeah. in, would have been shot in like 97 98 you know yeah. as far as like time frame to for a 99 release so well, yeah see, and originally deep rising was going to have a massive budget and then the original star harrison ford he said no nah. wow yeah seeing harrison in that role would have been weird oh it, it, I would yeah. have been like, wow, this is like, I need to see this because it's Harrison Ford in the, in this but, type of movie. But nah. that would have been, I don't know much of anything he's been in. That would be that eclectic with like that type of like, he, he, he's like done like some B rolls and stuff. Cause he was in, um, wasn't he in Cowboys versus aliens? Yes, he was. Yeah. So, but in this time frame, actors are more than willing to do it because that's kind of like his the end of his career. Yes, nineties was still very much Harrison at his peak at his prime. Yeah, well, um, last that was Crusade, all the, last Crusade came out eighty nine. Yeah, right. So you know, yeah, he's yeah, still. But then still... he was doing all of the Tom Clancy movies. Well, see, that's he thing. was Jack Ryan. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like. That was the nineties. I mean, that was like his like clear and present danger, Patriot games. That was like all the hunt for red October. That was like, that, that was Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. Baldwin was first. Okay, you know what I'm so. thinking of is Harrison was in, um, what was the one where they're Russian sub commanders? Oh, phenomenal movie. What oh, the heck was oh. it called? Was that, that wasn't U five, seven, U five, seven, one. We've, uh, was it? with Liam Neeson. McCon- Liam Neeson and McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because that was a great movie. That's maybe what I'm thinking of is because it's the sub-movie. Mm. Uh, Hunt for Red October is. Oh, I, I should have I watched U571 as part of my research. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was more focused on, like, yeah. what, once, you know. Yeah, I, that I, wasn't I, a monster that had nothing to do with Well, that's that. the that thing. Just, that's, that was just that a was, that, Yeah, that was the thing I wanted because I, I had the sea monster. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch, you know. Yeah. Like, a good, you know, creature feature sea monster movie. And yeah. honestly, that was the only one that came to hit, came to my mind. Yeah, Deep that's, that's actually really funny. Like, uh, so like your research process. So it's like, I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'm more, 
uh, movie oriented than anything yes. else when it comes to creative. So like, and, and when I write, I picture it like a big budget movie and like, oh, the, the camera angles and the cast, uh -huh. and this, like that type of stuff. And, you know, I want to see those big, epic, monstrous, not monsters, but big, monstrous, like epic scenes. Yeah. And um, I do the same thing with um, like my Jack Riley series being the more classic archaeological thriller action adventure stories. I replay the Uncharted video games constantly. Oh, nice. Because it's literally everything that I want in a story is those games from start to finish. When it comes to the big cinematic action sequences, the amazing acting, the great characters, the, the script is just to die for. Yeah. And this, the, 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 the way it's shot is more like a movie. It's very epic. It's very big. The world travel, it's, it's the treasure, the fourth one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fourth one's amazing. Like, I love that series. Like, I even love the fifth one, the offshoot with the two girls with with Chloe and Nadine. Uh, I never played it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, the Lost Legacy, I think it's called. Right. But um, it's phenomenal. Like, it was supposed to be a, um, what do they call it? When it's it's like a shorter game and it's like added on. Oh, it's expansion a, pack. Expansion pack. But it or got DLC, too big. something like that. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was supposed to be an expansion pack that was like available digitally only. Okay. But the writers before they were actually making the game, the writers just went nuts and it got so big. And of course, Naughty Dog is like literally the best at what they do when it comes to story. Mm. They the hell with it. So they just, they went nuts and they made it a full game. Now it's a little shorter than your average uncharted game, but it's still longer than any expansion I've ever played. Okay. And, and then with my dead moon series, I was playing the last of us over and over again. Um, I've never played it. I've, I've yet to play The Last of Us. A, a, a not another Naughty Dog genius. Mm. I mean, they game of the year, both last of the years, all four Uncharted games, game of the year. It's all Naughty Dog. It's all the same production company. These guys are nasty. They're awesome. Well, and, and don't forget, they gave us Crash Bandicoot. They gave us Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> and they pay homage to it several times in the Uncharted game. Well, that's the thing. I You know, I played Uncharted 3. That was the first one I played was number three. Oh, so you're one of those guys. You like to read crap out of order. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was the only, funny enough, the only reason that was the one I played first was because um, back back when, you know, they still existed, there were, um, you know, video shops. You go rent videos, games, and they had mm -hmm. the Uncharted games. Like, I want to go play Uncharted. And the only one they had was Uncharted 3. And I went, okay, that's the it one was, I'll play. Uh, Drake, Drake's Deception. Yep. That was uh, Atlantis of the Sands. Yes. That's, yeah. So that opening when you're on the plane, you know, I'm, I'm which just was the number one hardest scene that Tom Holland has ever shot. Yeah. I started, said, I, I started to watch the movie and I just went, no. Nah. <laughs> see, I love it. I love it. And, but it's coming from a, a probably more of an appreciative state of fan point because the, the toxicity that a lot of the fans um, reacted with the movie. I was on the other side of the fence and I'm going, you got a movie. Think about that. Okay, How so long were people screaming for halo? Yeah. And, and then they came out with a series that was like, eh. So you're sitting I, here going, you get a like $200 million budget. You get two legitimately very good actors, in my opinion. Yep. I, from the day it was announced, before Tom was ever linked, 
Naughty Dog said, this will not be a remake of the games. Mm -hmm. From day one, they said, it will not be a remake because you already know what happens. You know the story. There's no, and it's big enough for them to say that. Yeah. If this was a little rinky-dink outfit, they could just remake the games and half the population wouldn't know what it is. Yeah. But these are all game of the year. Like in their world, they are a monster franchise. And they were like, we will pay homage to the series. That's what this will be. So from the get-go, I was like, fine, great. So the plane scene being from Uncharted 3 had was fit into the story because they needed that scene because it's probably the most epic video game scene, like, like cinematic. Yeah. And I'm like, so back to the movie, it wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. Don't get me wrong, but I enjoyed the hell out of it because it was a great adventure. The, the, the cast was fine because I liked the two of them in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, and Antonio Banderas is always a great bad guy. I mean, he, he's a great actor, but he's always played a great bad guy when given yeah. the chance. Uh, all the way back to uh, Assassins. Uh huh. <laughs> him, him and Stallone, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just. <laughs> that's that, that's that's there's one. There's that... there's others, but you know. No, no but, uh, but honestly, Assassins. You know, that's one. That, that's that's what you know. Help. You could even say Desperado. Desperado is my introduction. You, 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 you could say yeah. he's the villain in that one. <laughs> yeah, the mariachi. I mean, he's uh. That was the very first movie that uh, Sama Hayek ever filmed. That was like first... <laughs> even remotely popular. Like, and she was 20 ish, 22. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And Antonio Banderas was like known in Spain, the Spanish movie culture and stuff. But I think that was his big hit in America. Um, it was his second. Because he did one. He did, yep. The first one he did was. Um... Oh, it was El Mariachi. No, he wasn't in. He wasn't in El Mariachi. He wasn't no. in El Mariachi. Nope. Um, it was uh, the Mumbo Kings. Oh yeah, you know what? I've, I've seen that on. I've seen that on his IMDb when I was looking up something, uh, for whatever reason. I did see that. That was like right a, a couple years prior to Desperado. Yeah, and for yeah. that one, he had to phonetically learn his lines. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So he had to. Not only did he have to learn to his lines phonetically, he also had to learn how to play a trumpet and he had to learn how to sing in English as well. Jeez. Oh my gosh. It's funny you say that. So here's another rabbit hole. So this is me <laughs> being the Indiana Jones dork that I am. Uh, in Temple of Doom, uh, you have the, what, I don't, the elder, the really creepy elder that finds them on the river. Yes. And he's telling the story and, Go to blind across his eyes, you know, like that that guy, the really like he looks like a witch doctor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't speak a lick of English. And they taught him his lines and he would just repeat the words in English, but he had no idea what he was saying. Mm. Like, and it's kind of the same idea. It's like you can learn the like uh like uh international singers that sing in English, most of them don't speak English. Yep. They're just taught how to sing those words in English. The same as uh Doug Jones doing Pan's Labyrinth with Del Toro. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't understand, he doesn't speak Spanish. He learned it phonetically just so he, so they, you know, the lip syncs would, lip sync would work. No yeah. idea what he was saying. <laughs> You're just hoping he's saying what he's supposed to be saying and he's not going to get ripped by the community for saying something awful. <laughs> well, he got dubbed. That's the thing. He, and, yeah. and funny, he was given the choice. Actually, Del Toro gave him the choice. He can just count, he could just do count from one to 10 in Spanish and we can go with that. And Doug Jones went, no, I want, you know, if you're dubbing my voice, let's make sure it all syncs up. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he gets the script and he realizes he's got all these lines. He's like, son of a. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, what did I get myself into? 
one of the best character actors in movie history, Doug Jones. Yes. If yes. right now anybody watching this, pause my show, go to the IMD, go to imdb.com and type in Doug Jones and see all of the characters that he's played that he has no lines. And you will oh. be shocked at how many amazing characters specifically with Del Toro because he's yes. in he does everything with him, especially in the Hellboy movies. You yes. know, you're just like everything that this guy does. He's just so good at that, that body. So like uh, one of my favorites was the Silver Surfer. So he played the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Surfer, But it was Lawrence Fishburne's voice. Uh-huh. And, but it was and- Doug Jones's body. And you're like, that's all he did. He just played the body. He didn't speak. Yeah. They mouthed or, or they, they lip synced. They dubbed him. They dubbed in Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. It was, it was the same with um, Hellboy 1. He plays Abe Sapien, but it's mm-hmm. David Hyde Pierce's voice. Yep. And after and after those two movies, he put into his contract, he can no longer be dubbed. <laughs> I think Hellboy 2, he played it. He he did the voice, though, didn't he? I, yes. In Hellboy, Hellboy 2, 2, he did. Yep, yep he, he did. In Hellboy 2, he plays three characters. He does Abe. He yep. does the uh, Chamberlain. In He does, yeah, the Chamberlain. Actually, four characters. Then he does the castle head guy who gives the map. Yep. And he and does the representation of death or something, yes. right? At the end. Yeah. Yes. That's a creepy and character with the eyes. It's like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful, it's a, though. It was. Yeah. And a lot, there's a point. Uh, right? the, the Golden Army, right? That's the second yep. movie? Yeah, that yep, was. That's it. A beautiful um, movie. Beautiful movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic Guillermo del Toro movie. Terrible yep. Hellboy movie. <laughs> the, um, what was it? The, uh, what did they call it? The, uh. The, like the creature marketplace troll market troll market thank you troll market oh my and it, and it's it, it's all costumes i mean the entire yeah. thing is all costumes and yep and that's it's known in the world as like one of the best like as far as the filming of it the costumes the legitimacy behind it how everything was 100 legit there's like z- oh, yeah. zero cgi in it it's yep. amazing it's, it's, it's amazing the length it's, they went and del toro's design principle is amazing it's a case yep. of okay you know usually you see a mon- uh, creature you can tell where the you know they've got the eyes here so the performer can see it. and he's like no nah, let's do it so the yep. eyes are here you know do it so it's not gonna be easy <laughs> no yeah yeah they, they yeah. don't want it because then at that point there's a human element to the creature based on the design of the costume and that kills yep the aura of it you know it kills and, that and, and and that's the thing doug jones he says, I love this. He says, anytime I get a, I, Del Toro calls me, and he says, let's go make a movie. I always say, okay, how uncomfortable am I going to be? <laughs> and more importantly, will I be able to see? <laughs> yeah. Because Abe Sapien, he can barely see out of that oh, yeah. piece. Yep. Death, he couldn't see at all. Yeah. The, I mean, Death um, didn't have eyes. Yep. Chamberlain. Just that blank face. Yeah. yeah. The Chamberlain. He could kind of see, but very narrow field of view. In Pan's Labyrinth, as the fawn, he had okay vision. The pale man couldn't see anything, basically. And then he did the, uh, I didn't see it because it was just, the concept was too creepy, was the uh, the the love story as like the mermaid guy, the merman. It won oh, a bunch, um, it won a bunch of, of awards. The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't need to see that. I saw that. And it's a beautiful movie. Um, you know, 
it's a yeah. fable it's you know it's that sort of thing if you mm. enjoy amazing visuals it's great if you're not much into romance yeah maybe skip it <laughs> there's a couple of websites that feature that kind of romance i can point you towards if you're uh, <laughs> uh if, if you're into yeah. the uh, into amphibians yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man versus beast <laughs> now for anyone who's of that that who's into that sort of stuff you contact matt james uh, not rf's blackstone <laughs> matt james author.com there you go yeah you sure um, it's not matt james at .com? yeah <laughs> love you long time <laughs> and there's the trailer for this episode right there yeah <laughs> love you I can tell we've been here for a bit. Um, anywho, <laughs> anywho, the one thing I always need to know from from writers is um, when you sit down at your computer and you like, okay, book time. I have the story. I have the idea. Where does it start? Like me, I'm very visual. Mm -hmm. So... And I guess it also helps that I do book covers. So I'm always searching for images and like ideas, but I also have a research file in my phone, like in, you know, in your photos in your iPhone, you, you can build folders yeah. and I have folders that one's just called research. And it's a bunch of screenshots of random stuff that I've seen on Facebook or Instagram, but it's a really cool, like maybe it's a beautiful um, fjord or maybe it's this really weird, decrepit castle on the shores of Scotland where it's just like, you know, you could see a spooky horror movie shot there. Yeah. Um, and I'll just screenshot because I'm like, I'm always looking for like that inspiration, that visual. Um, and then I'll be like, like I, the classic one is when I wrote um, the Dane Matic adventure with David Wood, uh, Berserk, mm -hmm. about Odin's Berserkers. So Norse mythology, Vikings, that kind of stuff. Um, that entire concept came from a picture of a fjord. Okay. And I realized, wow, I've never written anything in like Norway, in like that area of Europe. I'm like, I really want to set a story there because this it's beautiful. It's cool. I would love to like, and then I'm like, Norse mythology. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to do like the typical. And I'm like, you know, I love Thor. I mean, I named my, well, I didn't name my dog Thor the the rescue people did, but we just kept the name because we love Thor. And I'm like, I wonder. And then I did, you know, like Norse myths and it was just really random, just super broad Google search. Yeah. And um, it was the Berserker Warriors. And I'm like, floated the idea to Dave. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, and the book is going to be called Berserk. And he's like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, so then I just dove into the mythology of the Norse berserkers and it all came from the picture of a fjord because it was like the setting for me is so important. Um, yeah. I guess it's also just that world that I have completely and utterly consumed myself in, which is those travel archaeological thriller novels, yep. those adventure novels. So the setting for me means everything. Um, and then I will kind of help build the story out from there. And of course, now I start researching the area because of that setting. So here we are. But um, so for you, like, is is there being that you're so in like ingrained in 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 love with the the, the monsters? Um, is that what kind of propels you into a certain story? Because I know, like in this case, in Wild Hunt, the monster came last or at near the end. 
But it, in this case, actually, like, what is the typical process look like? Oh, yeah, it's it's never typical. It actually can come from <laughs> no, no, seriously. seriously. I'm talking to, I forgot who I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> typical is not Rich's way. Personal disclaimer: Anyone watching this, don't do do it my way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it kind of works for me. Yeah, it can actually it can come from anywhere. For example. Um, the book I'm working on at the moment is called Tunguska. Okay. Okay. And um, it basically came from the Tunguska event that happened in 1908. Okay. If you don't know what it is. Yeah. Tunguska, I'm actually trying, uh, I, I think I know the name, but I'm, I don't yeah. know if it's gone okay. any farther than that. The uh, Tunguska is a region in Siberia. Okay. It's actually, it's, it's, you know, basically in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, Russia. <laughs> Of and, in <laughs> and in yeah. 1908, an explosion happened that basically was felt around the world and it decimated a region of forest about 815 um, square miles big. Wow. Like it just knocked over all of these trees, you know, and no one knows why because the ground. It wasn't an explosion from the ground. It was an explosion in the air. And no one has been able to figure out why. Interesting. People have gone researchers, and there are different theories. For example. because yeah, you'd have like a crater or something if it was uh -huh. like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for the longest time, one of the theories was a ice meteor. So it impacted the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caused the explosion and then flash melted. Another one. And this one, I kind of go, that's a bit silly. A mini black hole. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, it's like concept, okay, reality. Yeah. That's the, my world. Anything that exists outside of our atmosphere, I'm very, like, weak when it comes to, like, so I, I don't even, black yeah. hole, I'm like, powers yeah, this, is the energy of this. I'm like, they're like death. Yeah, it's like so that's, supposed that's, to be like the worst thing that could possibly happen in the universe. So it's like, yeah, I'm, and, yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about um, they, they, you know, a mini one. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I don't personally. The predominant yeah. theory it it was a meteor that basically broke on impact and shattered. That's why there was nothing, and it just hit the hit the atmosphere and just decimated this one area. The other theory, okay. and this is the one I've always loved, it was Nikola Tesla. He was experimenting, oh. and he was apparently building a death ray. And he tested it, and that's that was where it hit. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I love that idea. I love that idea because I'm a Tesla fan. <laughs> yeah, he's he's nuts. Like the stuff that yeah. he came up with a hundred years ago plus, you're just like, what? And then it's it's all like it's, it's yeah, modern. Yeah, I mean, that's like everything alternating alternating current. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that was him. Yeah. You know, it's great. Um, so from that, 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 you know, that's something that's always been in my head for a long time because I love those sort of unexplained mysteries. Sure. You know, and, and a great source of um, inspiration is the Atlas Obscura. If you've, if you've heard of that um, book. Yeah. Oh yeah. The book. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was, so that, I was thinking of like an object or something like I've heard that, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd actually be really cool. Like a physical atlas obscure oh that, that'd be cool um, 
you heard it here, folks. It has been trademarked and <laughs> creative license to. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, it's yours. I don't care. <laughs> that and, might be and, like number forty down the road at this point with the with my list of to dos. <laughs> still, put yeah. it on the list. Um, and and from that alone, I had the idea is okay. What if that happened now? So basically, another event happened. Okay. In the same spot. Okay. It wouldn't be that interesting, honestly, with sure. what else is happening in the world. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah. So then I had the, then I went, okay, there is a anime called Made in Abyss. Okay. Uh, I know the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I went, okay. And this is basically how my mind works. I'm a fan. I do mashups all the time. A lot of my work are mashups <laughs> where I okay. go, okay, let's take this idea and we add it to this idea. For example, my second book is Kaiju World. It is literally Jurassic Park, but you swap out the dinosaurs for Godzilla. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of my last book I had come out in March. It's called Zombie Nazis on a Train. Snakes on a Plane. Actually, no, it was more. Um, it was Wolfenstein meets Thomas the Tank Engine. The train isn't a zombie, just to clarify. Which would be really freaking cool, but oh, weird. Man, weird. I wish I'd written that version. Anyway. Mechanical train zombie. You'd have a lot of... The prologue would be huge. Oh, <laughs> it no, would be like don't... a Zarkane prologue. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. See, we bring it all the way back to like two hours ago. <laughs> it's like... Yes. And, and, and everyone's sitting there going, what the hell are they talking about? I've talked about it on prior episodes. They can go back and try okay, to so, figure it so, out. Okay, so, okay. We're good. good. That, we're good. That, I, that, I, don't that, have to, I don't have to add more. Good. Um, so from 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 the Tunguska original, okay, let's do that. Now, let's make it big because I'm a big fan of go big or go home. So sure. the, this new event happens in the same spot. Instead, it opens a one one kilometer diameter hole that's 20 kilometers deep oh okay okay so i gotta fill it with some terrible beasties <laughs> well yeah i mean you're yeah all right so I, I i figure out the pitch for for severed press and i send the pitch to gary and the pitch says a team goes down into a abyss that forms in the region of Tuguska, basically 114 years after the original event and they get attacked and they have to survive and i said in brackets possible monsters will be dinosaurs <laughs> possible monsters and he goes that's the one boom yep yeah so it's one of those things where okay i've got the historical event i've got an anime influence and i've got you know journey to the center of the earth or the lost world <laughs> yeah basically yeah okay yeah. and now you know this whenever you're writing you try to find okay let's do the unique thing what can i do with either the monster or i can do with the you know setting that's unique or the characters that's not been done before sure and if you hear barking and scratching it's the dog <laughs> are you sure it's not the child mummies coming to get you no they're they're in mexico okay i wasn't <laughs> sure if you maybe had a carry-on no if i well the that would have been an were, interesting x-ray yeah no it was uh tequila and rum <laughs> that was the carry-ons <laughs> proper 
proper. Yeah. Yeah. I am an author. Um, <laughs> so yeah, now that's with Tungu. That's how Tunguska came together. It was just those things coming together, and then figuring out what's going to be different about the monsters, and then figuring out okay, what characters go with this story. Sure. And then once I start figuring that sort of stuff out, I go right. I got these monsters. I got this setting. This is the basic idea. I then go okay. What are some movies or TV shows with similar feels yep. or similar style and tone? And I basically watch those and I go, right, that works. That doesn't work. So you also learned something from Brendan Fraser. Oh, hell yeah. Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yes. An amazing movie. I'm sorry. I loved that movie. No. Why, why are you apologizing? Everything revolves and comes back to Brendan Fraser. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. Encino Man, I'm sure there's like a caveman story that needs to be told. Well, I'm waiting for some I'm waiting, you know, gotta do the George of the Jungle. Oh god. Maybe that, oh come on. It was fun. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean there, yeah, there but, hasn't yeah, yeah. It was fun. But but still come on, you know, doing a modern version of something like George of the Jungle. It's true. Uh and maybe the best casting ever was Airheads. Oh, yes. And I'm talking the entire movie, not yes. just the, not just the three of them. No, no, no. I mean, Adam Sam, I mean, Chris Farley being the cop. Yeah. And Chris, I mean, that was right before he died. Um, and it was like the movie or the 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 producers, so the, the radio show or the radio announcer and then the producer, the bad guy at the ponytail. Ah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, was it Christina Applegate? Yes. With the girlfriend, um, you had another just and one of those fabulous movies if people haven't seen, which honestly, there's probably quite a few that haven't just based on how young all those actors were. And well, yeah, and, and it's funny. It's like it's a, it's a cult a, classic. It is. Yeah, it it's is. A, it's a cult classic. And it's one of those things. It's kind of like watching Con Air. Yeah. Oh, the cast. Because, oh, my God. Because yeah, you watch Con Air and you're like, well, there's John Malkovich. There's bloody Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And, uh, and um, um, oh, God. Oh, I feel so bad right now. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, he's been killed in more movies ever in movie history. Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, this is about, like, this is painful. You're not, you're not talking about Danny Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Danny Trejo. Yeah, God. Danny Trejo. Of That's course. You know. Like you look at the cast Desperado, of that. the knife thrower in Desperado. I mean, it's like there's from, there's from, from Dusk Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> Basically every Robert Rodriguez movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, again, it, those movies, there's like there's these casts that just blow and, you away. But back then, like you, you know, I saw an interview with uh, Steve Buscemi and they asked him, you know, how is it working on Con Air with John Malkovich and, and all this? And he's like, Well, he wasn't. John Malkovich at that time. And I wasn't Steve no. Buscemi at that time. We were just two guys who got lucky enough to be in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was Nick Cage. I mean, it was Nick, it was Cage. Nick Cage. It was, uh, it was yeah. Cage after winning an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, John Cusack. Yes. He, yes. Was the F he was the FBI agent, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Marshals. He was U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals. Yeah. And then The Rock, you know. That, that's that's one of my Ed favorites. Harris, Sean Connery, Nick Cage, like you're like, oh my god, it's like, and they're just Michael Bean. 
Michael Bean, yeah. Uh, Ed Harris, yeah. one of my favorite actors from back in the day. I just thought he killed every role he did. Yeah, he's Ed great Harris in that. Was, yeah. I, I think for me, my favorite Ed Harris movie or role is in History of Violence. Yeah, that was good. That yeah, was good. Think, Everybody knows him as the as the Houston commander in Apollo 13. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, but that's like like Ed Harris. Like, if people are yeah. like Ed Harris, why do I know that name? And I'm like, yeah. Ed Harris is bald guy, Apollo 13. He was on the ground in Houston. So people are like, yeah. Oh, Houston, we have a problem. See, You're talking to Ed Harris. My my, my go to is just he's 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 the in the rock, and they're like, Oh, yeah. you know. I love the yeah. fact that the only reason Sean Connery is in the rock was because he wanted to work with Nick Cage. <laughs> Because Nick Cage wins the Oscar for um, Leaving Las Vegas, then he makes yep. The Rock, and then he di mm -hmm. then directly after The Rock, he does Con Air. <laughs> and then Face Off. Yeah, dude, that guy, that stretch, that decade or so, that stretch. It's brilliant. Dude, it was nuts. And then oh, National yeah. Treasure, uh, a little later, uh, another monstrous influence for me. Um, yep. It's, God. National Treasure probably single-handedly resurrected that genre. It did. When it you did think it. about it, because a lot of books, specifically authors, in the influence, because you had you had Indiana Jones, which everyone, then you had The Mummy, like you had like these like decade releases of these yes. monster like action adventure archaeological stuff. And then you had National Treasure, and people are like, oh, the modern day treasure hunt is still something that can sell, that's interesting, that's fun. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then even Goonies back in the 80s, too. So uh -huh. it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, the list goes on. It's, you know, it's one of those things where people love a rip roaring adventure, especially if you, you know, you're on a treasure hunt. Yeah. They, they love a, they love a good romp. I yeah. mean, that's what I like to say. It's like start to finish. It might just be like this really streamlined story, but, but from start to finish, it's amazing. Just like that's why I loved Uncharted, the movie. It was a romp for me. It was an escape. It was the, the cinematics. It was this. It was that. I can get past some writing or I can get past some mm -hmm. casting sometimes. But I in that movie, I never once was like, like, as far as the movie was concerned, there was nothing I would have done different or better. Okay. All right. The, you've the movie. convinced me. You, you've the convinced movie. me. I'm going to give it another chance. And I, I think Tom Holland's great. I like him. Um, is he the, is he like now like Chris Pratt where he's being cast in everything? Yeah. But in the Uncharted, they also wanted a young actor that could grow and yeah. play the role for the next 10, 15 years. You know, like everybody and their mother, including myself, thought these this movie should have been made a decade ago with Nathan Fillion. You know, I mean, he is Drake. I'm like, but the mannerisms, the speech, the patterns. Oh, yeah. He even did that yeah. fan film Nathan Fillion That's a did. Great fan it was film. amazing. It was great. Yeah. But he's in his 50s. You know, and well, you're sitting yeah. here going, you're sitting here going, if they want to make another decade's worth of uncharted movies, which is the plan, you're going to run into a problem like Harrison Ford, where Harrison yeah. was 39 during Raiders. You know, he was already an old, not old, but a <laughs> older actor he wasn't a newbie he wasn't a kid you know so it's like now you're running into a problem and granted it's been 40 years but it's yeah. like but you're running into like even last crusade he i mean he was he was almost 50 you know when he made that movie so it's like you're running into issues so they're like we need an actor that is willing to do it we need an actor that's capable of doing it because the stunts and, are insane oh yeah and you need somebody that the crowd is going to want to go watch you yeah know? And so it's like 
in a way he's, he's he, 25 i mean or yeah. something however old he is and, he's in, it's insane how good he is at his age and and he and you know not not detracting from tom holland because he is a good actor you know like yeah. the devil all the times he kills in that movie yeah and then he did a uh, cherry which was like a psychotic like like i i granted i've seen bits and pieces of it but it, it's yeah, like here. yeah but you're like you're like wow this is you know this is not what Different. i expected from tom holland you know yeah and, and that that's perfect i mean his first movie was with ewan mcgregor uh in the uh the the, the flood oh. movie the the tsunami movie that hit in the impossible the impossible yeah yeah great movie yeah. ewan mcgregor um. everything he does everything he does uh, i'm sorry uh no 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 i'm, I'm moulin, Ru moulin rouge <laughs> you're like you're like wow this guy's singing he's dancing he's charming he's it's okay i'll give you that i'll give you that and also that, he that, did great it's like he did great <laughs> what's the one he did with um renee zelliger down with love that kind of oh, down homage yeah. to the rock hudson you know yeah. that 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 wouldn't have worked as well if it wasn't for him <laughs> sure yeah i mean look where we are with star wars now because just because of him yeah i mean True. when you think about it the influence that he had on that entire story based on his portrayal as Obi-Wan back yeah. in the era of those movies that weren't all that great, you know, they were, they were entertaining. They were entertaining. It's funny, no, they I, I, I rewatched, I actually rewatched episode one and episode three, not that long ago. And I watched episode one and I'm there going, okay, you know, it, it's actually not as bad as I remember it being. It's got some cringe. But I, think there's, I think there's a little bit more nostalgia behind it now. So we're more accepting of it. That and I, 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 I decided to watch it as in, you know, it was a case of, okay, I'm going to watch it and not, and just kind of try to watch it as, okay, first time. Sure. You know, not, not related to Star Wars. And you can appreciate the actors too now. Yeah. Let's think like, okay, everyone is, is doing great work or okay work or Jake's work. Or has since. <laughs> I mean, maybe not right this yeah. second, but they have. Yeah. And I'm watching it going, okay, yeah, this is good. And then I, I always skip it episode two because i think episode two is just yeah teen angst and i hate that stuff <laughs> yeah that was a that was yeah yeah and I'm, I'm watching episode three and i'm just moment it starts i'm like yeah i mean this is this is the best of the prequels oh no definitely definitely the best and, of the prequels. and come on it gave us the ultimate meme with hello there <laughs> hello there and <laughs> should, uh you, and don't do it anakin <laughs> don't do it anakin i have the high ground <laughs> I mean, it is. There's been so much stuff between the hello there's and the high ground. Oh yeah, you know and, it, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and yeah, Ewan McGregor. He's one of those actors. Yeah, I you know I can watch him anything. Like um, kind of like Orlando Bloom. Now, did you uh, did you see that? It was also a meme, but it was real. It's actually a real thing. His uh, his brother. Oh oh, I remember that. Yes. So Ewan's brother is an Air Force pilot. Yes. And, and his, call, his call sign is OB2. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's his twin brother or something. They look they look identical. That's awesome. So his call <laughs> sign is OB2 because his brother is OB1. <laughs> and it actually has it on the like his plane. It says OB2. That's which awesome, I, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That again has absolutely nothing to do with the reason we're sitting here, but that is freaking awesome. It's it's, it's, I it's great. It. Yeah. I love that's, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, anyway, we'll get to uh, that. Um, so yeah. And once I once I come up come up with a basic idea, which and as I said, it can come from anything. I've actually sure. sat there watching watching movies, and someone will say a line of dialogue, and for some reason, my brain's gone, "Oh, 
you know, it just kicks it's off from a line of sand style. and blood. So sand and blood. Yeah. Blood. I, mean, I get um, it. The next thing I do is I instantly go, okay, movies that have the same sort of vibe. And then once I get to the point where I'm going to start outlining, I've got enough, then I'll go, right. First thing I've got to do is find the soundtrack because I write to music. Yeah. And I usually go, I used to go with movie soundtracks. Then I went to, um, you know, German industrial metal, like Rammstein, things like that. You must be a big um, uh, electric cowboy fan. <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm not a big fan of that style of music, but the Rammstein, the like, yeah. ha, it's, it it's, German- a, it's a, it's a joke. It, they're, they're, uh, they're ridiculous. If so, they used to be called Eskimo cowboy and, <laughs> um, okay. For marketing purposes, they just changed their name to electric cowboy and mm-hmm. they are a German band but they literally understand what the German culture and German music has, what it, what it is. And they're okay, so, very, very, very hyper aware of themselves. Oh, so if you okay. watch their music videos, it's all like, we are 100% trying to make you laugh. Okay. I'm going to check. Okay. I, I'm going to check but it out now. They're really good. Like okay, instrumentally yeah. wise, like they're supposed to be very hokey and they're supposed to be very like they just released a brand new video called Huracan. And okay. it's the first video I've seen of theirs. It's entirely in German. Okay. But the entire first part of the video is traditional German Schlager, <laughs> which is like their version of like boy band pop music, basically. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, um, okay. What they call again? Electric Callboy. So they have a very much of a unza unza. But they are very much like they can get, get super br- they can get super brutal metal too. The okay. one thing that they're really good at the, the 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 newer stuff that they've put out the last two three years is they know how to catch you with a chorus. Mm-hmm. Like they are very very good songwriters. All the music videos are gorgeous, like cinematic, and it's the two guitarists. Uh, I believe they're brothers, and they direct everything. Okay. Um, so you watch them, and you're like, wow, these guys put a lot of effort into their craft. Um, Shout out to Electric Cowboy. Uh, Nico and Kevin are the, the singers. They do a lot of like social media stuff. Um, but uh, they're, they're guilty pleasure entertaining because you're sitting here going, okay. I know they're a joke, but they're not. Like, they're not just like Milli Vanilli, like we're just going to like party. Like it's no, they're actually very, very dedicated to what they do. And if you just watch them and you understand, they're also just entertaining you. Like yep. you're like, okay, I kind of, I kind of, I like these guys a lot and I'm kind of digging the music now. All right. I'll um, check them out. Yeah. I'll check them yeah. out. Um, it's, 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 it's funny cause I, I've been listening to those guys a lot for the stuff. And then I, for the Valley of Bicho, which um, that's a Australian special forces go into the Mexican jungle to extradite a. Oh, I wonder drug, where that idea came from. Drug mm. Lord. And then, and then they get trapped in the jungle and are attacked by giant bugs. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I hate bugs. And and that one, that one's been. I live in okay. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that one came from. Okay, I just I was watching Predator. I went, well, what if you know what? Instead of it was a, an alien, it was just giant scorpions and giant ants. Yeah. And Severed Press went, we'll take it. <laughs> and that one, the soundtrack was crazy DC, but with bugs. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I do. Like when when yeah. I send a pitch, I always go, okay, this is this movie and this movie put to get together. So I so they know. Yeah, they have a visual of, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have the vibe. Um, and exactly. for that one, the soundtrack was ACDC. 
Oh, badass. Yeah. Yeah. It was the song um, Dirty Deeds. That's what clicked for me. So, you know, with with Tunguska at the moment, I'm, you know, trying to find the soundtrack and I haven't found anything yet, which is yes. a little worrying. <laughs> it's actually great that you bring that up because I listen to a lot of music, but my problem is, is I can't listen to music with vocals. Um, and that's why like, that. mo like movie scores and stuff were always my go-to. Um, but I'm very picky and I'll end up having like the same 12 or 14 scores ro rolling over and over again. Uh, by the way, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, uh -huh. top, three, top three score ever made. Uh, okay, okay, wait, wait. Top three scores. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you Curse of the Black Pearl. You're just sitting here going, "I want to be a pirate." It's what? like you're like, "I love it." <laughs> yes. Conan the Barbarian by Basil Polidurus. Yeah, that's a classic. I mean, oh, for yeah. me, it's the Raiders March. I mean, it's just John Williams Raiders. It's like I get chills after. God knows how many times I've heard it. Well, see, that's the thing, John Williams. Okay, Raiders. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, Superman. E.T. Super I mean, uh, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jaws, um, Harry Potter, Jaws, Harry Potter. Yep, yep. His catalog yeah. is insane, man. Oh yeah, he's good. Uh, Uncharted. The Ooh, Uncharted, actually... the Uncharted score is Ooh, I actually... like you're talking about the games. Yeah. They okay, actually I use it. They actually use it in the movie too. But the Uncharted score is very easy to identify. Like when you okay. hear it and you've heard it enough, you'll hear it again and go, "That's Uncharted." Like okay, it, 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 it's one hundred percent unique and like like from the ground up written. It, it's not just like symphonics in the background. Yeah, it actually no, has like you know layers and like it matches like like a lot of okay. you know scores do. Uncharted uh, is I've, an awesome score. I've, I've never listened to the Uncharted score. It's called like outside. Drake's something. I can't okay, remember what it's called. Okay, all right. All right. You're, you mean, you're giving me homework. <laughs> but so back to the, the music. So what I've been doing is I've been listening to a lot of instrumental prog. Oh. So prog rock. So a lot of bands, awesome bands, they just don't have a vocalist. Yep. So uh, at least for me, the, the main ones I've been listening to are uh, Pliny which I love, uh, P-L-I-N-I. -I. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they're just very um, atmospheric and cinematic, but there's a lot of heavy parts too. They're mm -hmm. more like artistic, I guess we'll call it. Um, you have Polyphia, uh, who's from here in Texas in, in the States. Um, and they're very like, uh, like a lot of harmonizations and a lot of like, like very like, like, like what? But amazing. Like they, awesome. Clay Ashelman, one of the best drummers you'll hear. Okay. Um, Chris Allison, the drummer for Pliny is mind blowingly good. If you see these guys on YouTube, you like watch their playthroughs. You're like, uh, what math are we in right now? Is this calculus? <laughs> like, but as a musician, yeah. and especially as a, as a former drummer, it's I'm watching these guys thinking of myself going, absolutely not. Yeah. Animals is leaders. Uh, they're a trio and it sounds like there's 10 of them playing because they're so good. Matt Gartska, oh. their drummer, mm -hmm. their guitarist, um, God, I can never remember his name. He's known as like one of the most intricate, best guitarists, like period. Uh, but Matt Gartska, who's their drummer, literally writes in like mathematic theory. Jeez. And like, no, yeah, it's like the, the measure for this song is two, three, five, seven, five, three, five, two, three, seven, five. And you're like, cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to apply that to your, like there's that, he actually has like YouTube shows on like how to uh, understand like, like the lead sheets. I'm like, 
they're amazing though. They're, they're, they're great. But you like, that's kind of what I'm <laughs> listening to. It yeah, no, it does. And it, they're, they're phenomenal. I love that kind of stuff. Well, see, that's, that's the thing I've found. Okay. Uh, for me, I need, I need, I need that sound. I need sound so I can focus yeah. on my writing. And if it's okay, scores, great. Only problem is if it's a score of a movie I like, yeah, I, I, I just picture the movie instead. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was happening to me. Is I was yep. I was listening to the score instead of focusing. Yep. Um, so. You know, and I've discovered if I listen to something that doesn't that has vocals, but it's in a language I don't understand. Okay. No problem. So the Ramstein stuff, you know, sure. like that German industrial metal. Yeah, so they're Rammstein. very dedicated to that German. Like that's yeah. that's like their thing. Like they 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 can speak English, but, but they're yeah you know same as um, megahertz and um icebreaker those are the three i go to okay there uh, megahertz and megahertz has a fantastic album it's german industrial metal called mm -hmm. zombie land unrelated to the movie sure but the the title song has just got one of the best drum beats every time I, you know if i'm driving i put that on instantly i'm just yeah <laughs> you know um i was writing a book um a spy book and it's in Mexico, and I was listening to a bunch of Mexican stuff. Okay, you know, and it really helps. Put sure. on, well, it helps me. Yeah, <laughs> I used to. Uh, I'm not going to say they're Mexican. I don't know enough about them to tell you. I think they're just maybe Southern California. I can't remember. But back in the day, the ska band uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Um, they, oh, yes, they bring in a lot of the traditional mariachi inspired like you can hear like the culture in their music but it's very yeah. much designed for like that 90s skater crowd yeah. um and i was m super into them back in the day i still listen to el Ferme, which i uh i believe was their big album there was like two huge albums back then and i think that was one of them um el cocoy uh i I'm terrible with pronunciation like Spanish, but that song, it's called that El Cucoy, whatever that is. I don't even know what it, I don't know what it means. I've never gone that far, but uh, it's um, I probably just said something awful. Um, wait, wait. I think it's like COI. Ah, El okay. Coy. Yep. El Cucoy. I'm just remembering my, my Spanish, my Spanish um, alphabet. It's E, so it's Koi Koi, something like it would be like that. Koi Koi. Okay, yeah. And but th that song in general, um, okay. <laughs> it's in it, it's insane. It has kind of has a little bit of that almost like polka beat in it, like that. Okay, okay, yeah, that that yeah, that would be um, that's banda in okay. In, that's from the northern part. The Mexican stuff I was listening to was Mexican metal, Mexican rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not uh, when I was living in Mexico. I I, I used I to listen got... to Los Lonely Boys all the time. I've actually seen them live, and Los Los Lonely Boys live is a freaking rock show. Oh, the, man. the three brothers, those three guys together. I, I saw them at like a small fest down here and they blew me away. Like the, 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 like heaven is like their big hit. How hmm. far is heaven? <laughs> like I'm an awful singer, but like they have, yeah, they have a drama. So come on. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm tone deaf and I, yeah, it's bad. You don't want to hear me, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> no, they, they have a huge keep, couple of major hits, it, but they actually it. do some songs in, in Spanish that even I can kind of sing along to just cause I've heard them so many times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, but it's, so as far as the, the, like, is it like, like Spanish music or is it like Spanish influenced Spanish music? 
Um, like, okay, you know, so like, if, like, like Los Lonely Boys is an American rock band, but they're yep. span like, yeah. No, it's, um, okay. So for example, one of the bands I was, I listened to, it's, um, they're, um, called in English it would be heroes of the silence. <laughs> okay. In, in, in Spanish it's Eros um, del Silencio. Okay. They're they're a Spanish band, but basically they were the disbanded, but they were the biggest Spanish rock band in Spain and in Latin America. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. you know, and it's a mixture of rock, hard rock, and progressive rock. Interesting. Okay. All in Spanish, no English lyrics, but it doesn't matter. You, you it's it's amazing just how well how well you can yeah okay you know what these guys are on about um i mean i listen to band made it's gonna probably knock my man no no that's not knock it doesn't doesn't no i it's funny being in mexico they're, they're amazing band made they're five japanese women that barely speak english and they'll do a little bit into the courses yep and they dress as french maids and uh <laughs> only in japan <laughs> really freaking good like you hear their the musicianship they're legitimate great musicians yeah. and I, and it's all in japanese and i'm i don't speak my language well so well you don't have to speak it you just got to write it like we were talking yeah. about in the pre-show <laughs> yeah yeah you just have to write it fairly well you don't have to speak it i, I get yeah. that i get that and I mean, yet you're hosting this show <laughs> yeah uh that's probably just because i'm very comfortable speaking in general. So it's like, it's not that I do it well. I'm just comfortable doing it. <laughs> I can, that's a part, it, right? that's a part of it. So my friend, I think we are finally getting to the end. This long winded romp of an adventure. Of a oh, come on. Let's just say this is part one. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll definitely be back. I can guarantee you that. Um, that's what i want to hear yeah really? oh, seriously i'm happy so, to come on i'm happy to come on whenever you want oh beautiful yeah if i'm short on people uh yeah help no yeah uh, okay. oh come on <laughs> just do this <laughs> just do this again just replay yeah. the episode you know no no, no, no we gotta freshen we gotta re, oh, you yeah. know, freshen it up bring in new things sure so um i'm gonna end with this um give give us one book of yours that you would appreciate people um, looking at whether it's something newer, whether it's something that you just have like a connection to that you just want to, you know, promote completely up to you. But of one of your books, what would, uh, what would you be like? Hey, you know, if you really want to know who I am and read my stuff, check this out. I would say zombie nights is on a train. Okay. Um, it's it, honestly, it's the most fun I've had writing a book. Okay. The title came so easily. The title just came to me and it makes me giggle every time I think about it or even when I look and see it on the bookcase. Yeah, I saw the cover. When you released the cover art for it, I was just like, yeah, this this must have been a ball. It, yeah, I'll put it like this. There's a zombie Nazi bear in this book. Oh, I mean, come on. How can you not? Yeah, it's 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 John Carpenter. It's like I was listening to John Carpenter's, John Carpenter soundtracks while writing this. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's he's there. There is Inglourious Bastards and a lot of Wolfenstein. 
Nice, nice. Old so, school Wolfenstein can't go wrong. Yeah, this is a book that it's it's probably the book I'm most proud of at the moment. Okay, all right. No, that's good to and, know. And and yeah, it needs love. <laughs> Come on, people let's let's get uh, let's get some love going on this title. And uh, uh, now uh, a book from someone else who is uh, regardless of reasoning. Like, what is something that uh, even if it's older, something that maybe inspired you as a book. Like I always tell people to check out, um, the Jack West Jr. Series from Matthew mm -hmm. Riley, uh, being an okay. Aussie, that's like, that's like the Holy grail for, for Aussie readers. Um, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Oh yes. I owe Jack Riley to that character. It's Jack West Jr. Matt Riley, Matt, Jack Riley. I mean, I'm very open and proud of that. I, it's, I needed a title and I looked at my a name and I looked at my bookcase and I'm like, I need an everyday guy name. So, oh, Jack. I love Jack West Jr. And then I'm like, Matthew Riley. My daughter's name is Riley, spelled differently. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, Jack Riley. I'm like, was it, that, that was how um, Ian Fleming came out with James Bond. He need he wanted the most mundane name he could find. And on his bookshelf was uh, a bird book written by James Bond. And he just went, that's it. <laughs> well, that's that's what's funny is, uh, so Money Penny from the Pierce Brosnan days. Uh, if nobody Samantha knows her, Bond. <laughs> a Bond. Literally. Yes. Her last name is Bond. Yes. Oh, uh, that's name. awesome. Um, okay. Does it have to be one book? I can't do two? Uh, no, you can give us a couple. Okay. So I'd you, say... You can do whatever you want. It, it, it's it's your show. Oh, oh no. well. <laughs> no, you can't have it. It's mine. Oh. No, yeah. Yeah, give us a couple. Okay. The Elanium Trilogy by David Eddings. Okay. So it's a three-book trilogy. It, of course, it's three books. It's a trilogy. It's but... a three book trilogy. That's that's unique. <laughs> well, originally it was going to be a four book trilogy, but he did go with more conventional wisdom. Yeah, you're not allowed to write quadrilogies. That's illegal. I I don't I don't approve. Especially if you're going to call it a trilogy. <laughs> call it quad, quadrilogies. Call it a four book series. You're yeah. not, not, you're not a, there's, it, no, there's no wool being pulled over these eyes. It's a saga. It's a saga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. These, this, this is actually a fantasy series that came out okay. in the 80s and for me it's 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 the best of fantasy um nice. you've got knights you've got trolls you've got evil gods you've got good gods the main character his name is sparhawk <laughs> sparhawk yeah interesting all right oh, yeah. it's got some amazing action it's got some fantastic comedy um if i want to read anything in the fantasy world i go to that cool um i've read them so many times <laughs> yeah that's like me with uh the antarcto saga from jeremy robinson um starting with antarcto's rising yeah uh it's it's basically revolves around the myth of the nephilim from the bible and uh the uh the demon seed of fallen angels here on earth and but revolves around the myth of atlantis and oh, that's cool it's freaking dynamite the book itself was amazing oh and there's dinosaurs so the book uh the book is the, the antarctos antarctos rising was the second book i ever read from him and was probably like the most what like original like like wow and then he came out with a five or six book series of novellas oh, wow. um expanding on other characters throughout the series Oh, that's but cool. The same world. And it's now called the Antarcto Saga. 
and it's like novella one, two, Antarctos rising novel, and then novella and then, three, okay. four, five, as far as like the sequence of reading, but yep. from start to finish, and it's narrated by R.C. Bray. <laughs> Bob Bray is like legitimately yeah. the best narrator on the planet. Him and Ray Parker, oh. probably. Okay, I was about um, I was about to say you know Ray Porter you know go no on. Ray Porter yeah Ray Porter yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, he, if if people R C Bray I mean people know him he, he was he was the original narrator of The Martian like yeah. he's he he's done uh like legitimately some of the best work out there him and him and Ray Porter yeah yeah so I definitely. mean you, you can't you can't go wrong oh no and I mean so uh, that would be my recommendation specifically to you because I know it's got a lot of that fantasy element in it but it's got all of the history backbone to it yep and no, then it's got but, all the sci fi in it. it it's like the perfect blend of everything. I, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, excuse me, I'm now getting sleepy, but I'm, yeah. I, I've, um, I've read Jeremy Robinson and I, I don't mind his stuff. I've got the book Pulse to yep. read. Oh yeah. The first um, of the Jack Sigler series. Yep. I, I read the back of it. I read the, you know, well on Amazon, I read the blurb and I just went, okay, I'm really interested. That's got my attention. And I got yeah. it in paperback and it's, it's sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. And then all of a sudden all these other fantastic books. <laughs> I would definitely give the chess team a look from him, mm -hmm. the Jack J Sigler series, uh, specifically in these genres. That's more like techno thriller, uh, but yeah. it's got a lot of the, again, historical backbone. But um, Antarctica's Rising, if you want a little bit more, little bit more fan or a little bit more fantasy, just that little yep. bit more like it's not as scientific. It's more of like speculative. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. Where the chess team, it's more science based. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's really weird. Like it's really out there. It's really way over the top with certain things, but there's a uh, little bit more scientific explanation in it. Uh, okay. No, um, no, so okay. It, it, it just depends on what side of that coin you want. They're both great. They're both amazing. Well, honestly, I've not read a lot of techno thrillers. So like if I'm getting, if, if I'm want a techno thriller, I'll watch Red October. I'll watch Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's more wild. Like it's more like, monsters and that kind of stuff but it's more explained yep it's explained as probable as possible you know okay. it's like you know what i mean it's like there's still a lot of like fantasy and wonderment to it don't get me wrong but there's there's more attempt at scientific explanation um where the antarcto saga is definitely it's... more it is what it is because it is like okay I, I so like you have to have more like thing. belief in the fantasy yep. than it is. It has to be proved to me. Yep. See, I've, I've always, for me, it's a case of it, when I'm writing. Yeah, this is what it is. It's you know, yeah. no, no proper explanation. Like for example, with the new one, Tunguska. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff happening, and yeah, I'm not explaining it. It's just, well, no, I am going to explain it. No, um, I, I get it. It's going to be a cop out. <laughs> Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth, yeah. You know, I used that in Dark Island. I get it. It was, uh, and that was, I think, entirely on accident, to be honest. Me, it's on purpose. I'm lazy when it comes yeah. to explanations in books. So, for example, with um, one of my seven books, uh, Mega Flora, you know, this is a book set in Australia. Basically, they're bringing back. Um, the giant mega megaflora megafauna of Australia, so giant wombats, giant kangaroos, things like that that used to be yeah. around. And I was writing it, and I was talking to another author friend, and I mentioned this. He goes, "Oh, how they do it? You know, what's the technology?" And I just instantly went, "Lockwood and Hammond, 
Yep. And he went, what? I said, I'll put in a line basically saying we took the technology they created and we perfected it. <laughs> I mean, it's already out there. It's already understood. Yeah. So yeah, that's the uh, thing, you know, and, and that way I'm now free just to focus on the good stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, so my, my second recommendation for another book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to do three. I got three. So oh my gosh. Name, oh, screw oh, it. Oh, go ahead. The Elenium Trilogy. I'm going to say the Jack Riley Trilogy, Trilogy books from you. Thank you. Seriously. The first one, I, I I read that and basically there was one and a bit sittings. Wow. For that one. That's, yeah. that's, thank you. And honestly, reading that kind of gave me the thing of, oh, okay. I want to write a treasure hunt book, a proper treasure yeah. hunt book. So, you know, you inspired me. You no, thank you very it. much. <laughs> and we appreciate that. Yep. Take a bow. Thank you. Actually thank you. don't. It's your, it's your show. They're going to see you every week. Oh, I don't want to headbutt. I don't want to headbutt my mic. So. Well, you could, it'd be funny. <laughs> and <laughs> the third book is the hits by David Baldacci. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, that one, that's a, thick book 145,000 word monster book i got through it in three days wow chapters are short and punchy <laughs> and it's it's about a good. um a hitman for the government okay yeah he's a good guy though <laughs> oh okay right. he's a killer with a conscience um it's Not more really. he's a he's a killer who basically gets screwed over by the government oh okay all right yeah no yeah. i get it i can yep yeah. it's really good so yeah, those, those were those were my those were my recommendations for other books. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much. I uh, uh, on that, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, I had a blast the last time that we talked, and I knew that this was going to be equally exciting. So I'm 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 really really thrilled to have you back on, my friend. Oh, honestly, on, not back on, but on. I'm happy to see you again. <laughs> I'm already tired, and it's. It's, it's not even <laughs> noon here, so I mean, well, you gotta it's, be, it's, you got you, you got to be dying. It's one it's one twenty three a.m. here. Oh I am gosh. tired, but also I'm tired, but also having so much fun. Yeah, and, I mean it, it's 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 been about a year, over a year since we last did something like this. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has. Um, so but, I hope the uh, next time I hope the next time I come on, it's not going to be in a year's time. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not because, well. Either the show's going that well or this show bombed and I had to start another one and just I'm recycling guests to try and get that one started and that would suck. So uh, let's just let, let's just hope it's because we're doing we're both doing well and uh, we just have a lot of stuff, uh, other stuff to talk about. Yes, it'll, it'll be that. It will definitely be that, sir. <laughs> so uh, where can um, where can we find your work? Where can we find you? personally not your home address because that would be weird but um like uh obviously i point people just amazon is the easiest thing to, to find things amazon they're the um, king you, yep you can yep. amazon just search for rf blackstone um sure. i'm the only one with that name there <laughs> apparently um, matt matt james was also one of the bachelors so uh you'll see okay. me in a, in a bachelor i didn't think that one I, technically i existed before him in the media so he came after me, you, you but got, you got when first, you look you up Matt first. James, you'll see me and you'll see uh, also a hulking, handsome gentleman. And I am neither hulking or <laughs> I'm not hulking. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, not now, but when you're angry. It's true. It's true. No, I'd be um, too. I'd be too afraid to throw up my back again. I'd probably just bell out of hell with it. 
<laughs> but the lazy hulk yeah yeah um so yeah amazon you can find my books on amazon um it, social media you just instagram twitter and facebook just rf blackstone <laughs> cool cool um, um and yeah go ahead i've got a website as well um it's rf at the moment it's um just the free wordpress website but you just go rf blackstone wordpress you'll find me okay. i'm gonna be professional and get that fixed soon <laughs> oh, no worries yeah, no. um so yeah but best best place to find me is definitely for the books amazon if you want to interact and talk with me facebook or instagram those are the two big ones cool yep yep same here uh you, everyone can find me at mattjamesauthor.com find me on facebook instagram uh they can find the podcast on facebook and instagram uh, real life fiction podcast um you'll see the little microphone logo that we came up with uh I'm, i i love the logo uh, it's a you. really good nice logo man Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I do. Um, and uh, for those on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, like the show, come back and see us again. We'll be pumping these episodes out, uh, new episodes every Friday, uh, great authors, other industry people. I have a, um, an uh, audiobook artist coming on. So voiceover guys coming on soon. Um, Ray Porter? Uh, no, actually, <sighs> uh, just in case schedules, I won't say who it is. You never okay. know. Um, oh, but, but, uh, but it's... For me personally, it's exciting. So we'll just, we'll okay, just cool, say that. Cool. Um, all right, all right. And I also have some other industry graphic designers and that kind of stuff coming on. So it's oh, not just cool. gonna, it's, it's going to be a a a plethora of talent, not just uh, not just us, you know, uh, keyboard uh, jockeys. Um, <laughs> but uh, but thank you for watching. I appreciate it, Rich. As always, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Anytime, we, anytime. Yeah, we'll have you. We'll have you back on soon. Thank you so much, my friend. Wonderful. <laughs>